0: The thirst is real. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Thirst. I'm your host, Anil Joshua. And wow, we are living in such a great time. We have four housewife cities on air at the same damn time. We have the real houses of Dallas, the real houses of Atlanta. The Real Housewives of Orange County, the Real Housewives of New Jersey, like peak housewife entertainment is happening. It's just a lot to review, a lot to talk about. So, just to give you a little bit of a roadmap for today's episode, we're gonna touch on all four cities and then we're gonna go through and rank the new housewives of 2019, which has kind of been interesting because I thought there were a lot more than there are. But the ones that we have, I mean, they brought us some. Some pretty fun moments, and I'm just excited to take like a trip down memory lane because I don't know what is happening, but it's already the second week of November. We literally have six weeks left of 2019. I'm like riddled with anxiety because it's just like, where did this year go? In the middle of the year, it felt like it was moving very, very slow, and now it's just like, we're here. We're coming on to 2020. It is the end of another decade. And, I mean, it's been a decade of great Real Housewives content. And it's crazy because, you know, when the Real Housewives of Miami got canceled and then there's been some, like, dud seasons of Orange County, Beverly Hills has been a dud. It's almost like what is going to happen with Housewives? But I just feel like now there's been a resurgence of energy and fandom for houseways, especially with things like BravoCon happening. It's happening this weekend. I don't really want to talk about it cuz I'm obviously not attending, but you know what? It's kind of good. The first one's going to happen and then the second one's going to be better cuz with anything, with any event, you learn more f- the second time around. So the second time's going to be great. I'm going to go. I don't care if I have to take out a second mortgage, whatever it takes, I'm going to BravoCon. So I mean, I think we're going to get some grade A social media content. There's a bunch of really cool, like, Bravo influencers going, faces by Bravo, Bravo Historian. They're actually there. They're hosting panels, and it's really, really exciting to see kind of the Bravo fan base come together. So, yeah, like, as much as I was worried that we would be losing other cities and the house wave, house wave, the housewives fandom would kind of die down, it's increasing. So I think that we might potentially see a new city in 2020. Either way, there's enough good content coming. I don't know if you've heard, if you're a Real Housewives of Potomac fan. Monique and Candace got into a physical altercation. So yes, we don't really like to see the women physically assaulting each other. We love like, you know, a good shade. I don't mind a little wine throwing. But yes, there was a physical altercation after Candace threw a glass of wine on Monique and Monique then continued to drag her. So I guess Candace then decided to press charges. So at least we're going to see that in 2020 play out on our screens. So, I mean, let's kick things off with the real Housewives of Dallas. So, uh, so this, two of my favorite Housewives are Stephanie Holman and Cameron Westcott. I think they're great in their own way and when the season started I was super excited to see them kind of get along we saw that they've been working out off camera and I just feel like that's when friendships really form is off camera when these wives are taking the time out of their like normal lives to hang out so I was so excited I'm like oh my god we're gonna see Sefi and Cameron like take over Dallas because the leads have always kind of been like Brandy and Leanne so I was excited to see this shift Onto Stephanie and Cameron. They're holding the center stars in the promos. And then they've like started fighting over a comment about being surface level friends. And it's like, uh, I mean, I just hope it doesn't turn into a Carol Bethany situation where it just divides the fan base, which I don't think it will just because Cameron is so ridiculous and her points really make no sense. But it's just fun to watch. And having like two of your favorite housewives fight is just very, very entertaining So, I mean, I think if it were to shake down, everybody is Team Stephanie. But I just, there's something about Cameron Westcott and the level of entertainment she's bringing us this season that it's hard not to root for her, too. So, I mean, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the reunion on Twitter. They've kind of been shading each other. So, it does seem as though we're going to get some drama down the pipeline in the reunion. Because, I mean, the season has been a little snooze-fest. But, I mean part of the reason why I do think it has been a snooze fest is Leanne's fault. Like there's this weird thing. I don't know if it's, like with anything, like when Jennifer Lawrence was really popular, people started turning on her. When Jennifer Aniston was really popular, people started turning on her. So it was like Leigh-Anne just so popular and the fan favorite from Dallas that maybe we're turning on her. Or maybe it's just a tough season because, you know, it was her wedding. And I think that she single-handedly ruined the season by excluding DeAndre and Brandy from some of her wedding events. Because if that's going to be kind of, you know, a big chunk of the season, excluding a lot of those wives... Isn't fun for viewers. Like, we want to see all of the housewives together as much as we can. And it would have just been great to kind of see <laughs> Brandy and Deandra like shade Leanne's wedding. And then I think it would have given us a little bit more to kind of work with at the reunion. I don't know. It's just like, it's tough because, like, I'm all for Leanne and Deandra feuding. But if it came down to picking one, I think I'm on Deandra's side. And we have to look at what Deandra's bringing us. Like, this whole Mama D company storyline is so interesting to me and is like quintessential Dallas like it's really really fun to watch so if I had to say anyone had to go I'm fine with kind of Leanne leaving I don't know not leaving but I don't know just maybe not being such a central focus on the episodes maybe just focusing more on Cameron and Stephanie they are casting right now for season five which means that we are going to get a season five, which hopefully will be a makeup season, like, just make up for the fact that this season was a dud, and it's just especially tough coming off of The Real Houses of Potomac, which had, like, such a stellar, stellar season, so, I mean, it's tough, but, you know what, fingers crossed, I'm hoping that we get... If anything, a little bit more drama for the end of the season, if not a stellar reunion, and then fingers crossed for season five. Maybe in season five, we'll get it right. Oh, Lord. Okay, so now moving on to The Rouses of Atlanta. So, I mean, as we know, Eva had made a comment about the nappy-haired woman, and apparently that has been getting a lot of heat online, calling her racist or kind of there's this whole colorism issue in the black community that it's shedding light to. I don't really know. I will say this. That comment removed, I am an Eva Marcel fan, only because I was obsessed with Top Model. So if you're obsessed with Top Model, and you know when Eva beat Yaya in season three, and then she came back a few seasons to redo her tarantula photo shoot, like Eva is that bitch. And we get her on our TV screens in the Real Houses of Atlanta, it's like a top model, housewife, crossover that I'm living for. I will say this about Eva. She's been pregnant both of her seasons. And I'm obviously a gay man. I cannot relate to the pregnancy storyline. It's just not for me. I don't get anything from it. So I just wish we had a season with her not being pregnant. Just because I feel like she would be giving us maybe more. It's hard when like your storyline is that you're pregnant you're not going to be like your normal self. You're going to be focused on your pregnancy, if that makes sense. So maybe a season without her being pregnant could be fun. And then, I mean, it's just really heartbreaking watching Kenya and Portia really kind of just fall in love with these men, and these men are treating them awful. It's like, what the fuck? These are two gem of a woman. And I'm going to say, they do come across a little bit high maintenance. They do seem a little bit, you know what I mean? They're... A little diva behavior, sure. But the fact that these two men are just like disrespecting them. And what's weird is that they're disrespecting them knowing that they are on a television show. Like, it's just so odd. You would think that you would want to put your best foot forward in your relationship if it was being televised for the whole world to rip apart. Like, right? I don't know. It's just kind of interesting at the fact that, I don't know, these men are not treating them well. It's really interesting because Kenya gets divorced, but Portia gets back with Dennis. So I guess it is going to be cool to see two kind of versions of it. One where they're working on their relationship and getting back together. And another one where, you know, Kenya is being a single mom, and she posted that um, Beyonce lyric that her and her baby are gonna be all right when they took their cash trip to Greece. So I think that it's gonna be interesting to watch Kenya get divorced and be a single mom. Oh, I'm just so happy she's back on our screen. I'm so, so happy that she's back on our screen. Also on Twitter, a lot of people are saying, you know, this whole concept of Kenya being thirsty. Like, come on, guys, you know that Kenya, oh my God, Kenya, am I fucking up? I meant to say Cynthia. People are saying that Cynthia is kind of thirsty. And it's like, no, 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 Cynthia is one of the smartest women we have on these shows. Like, she knew for a fact that Michael Hill has already bought the ring. She knows she's going to get proposed to. She's leaning into her storyline, which is, I'm going to get engaged, and this is my man. And I I respect her for it. I respect her for, you know, leaning into that. And, I mean, Cynthia is one of my top 10 favorite Housewives. Maybe at the end of the year, we'll do like a top 10 ranking of like where we stand because sometimes Housewives shift. Some people, you know, enter the list. Some people get off the list. So maybe I'll do a top 10 towards the end of the year. But I am so here for Atlanta. It's gearing up to be a really, really great season. Next episode, Nene makes her grand return. I will say, I can I go back and forth with Nene. I can do without her, but then there's something about seeing her on the screen and remembering that she is kind of the one that carried Atlanta on her back for a a bit. So, I mean, I'm excited to see Nini back, and I'm more excited to see if she's going to add to this already stellar dynamic we have without her. You know what I mean? Like, it can only get better, but if she makes it worse and, like, it's hard to watch, I'm going to be a little frustrated because, I mean, we have Kenya, we have Eva, we have Portia, we have Candy, we have Cynthia, like, we're good. And then that Marlo appearance, I mean, can we just talk about the fact that Marlo doesn't have a peach and... For the first time, we're seeing a little bit of a human side of Marlo. Like, she is talking about being a Monty, which is a mommy auntie. And, you know, it's her sister that got taken away to a mental ward. And now she is taking care of her children. That's, like, a really cool storyline that I wish we got to see more of. And I just am still surprised, like, will Marlo ever get her peach? She alluded that she gets paid more than some of the housewives. I think she was referring to Shamari that she got paid more than than Shamari but I just wish she got full confessionals and like a deeper look into Marlo's life I don't know Marlo hopefully one season we'll get to see her holding a peach but if not I'm just happy with the amount that we're seeing her and I'm happy that we're getting a little bit more of like a human side of her I guess you could say now with the Real Houses of Orange County we have arrived we are here at the Tamra takedown It is so riveting to watch because we see Emily, Bronwyn, and Kelly, you know, bring to Shannon's attention that, you know, Tamra's kind of this, like, puppet master and that she talks shit about everybody and that she's making sure that they all fight amongst themselves. And it's like, wow, riveting, riveting television. But then Tamra thinks that it's Shannon that's, like, kind of turning everybody around and being a puppet master, which is really interesting to watch. But I will say this. We have a villain in Orange County. Tamara is our full-on ice queen. We need to, like, not drag her to filth. We need to be appreciative that she is being a villain. And I wish that she herself would kind of lean into it a little bit more because it's riveting to watch. When she was sitting there with Shannon and she was saying, like, you're behind this, oh, that, like, it it was good, good TV. And I feel like OC is finally getting it right. It feels younger. It feels fresher. It... This is not the best season in Orange County, but I will say for the past four seasons, it's been awful. Ever since the Brooks' cancer storyline died down, it's been awful. Let's just call a spade a spade. So I am happy that we're seeing this. Kelly Dodd just got engaged, so it's super exciting. I actually got to like hang out with them when we did an event in Toronto. And I will say this, they're very much in love. Like They were so consumed with each other, and he was really, really sweet. Uh, they they they're really in love, which is nice to see. It's been four months, and people are dragging them for getting engaged after four months. But it's like, shut up. You don't really know what's going on in their relationship. I think that they're they have something special. And you know, Kelly is the fan favorite. We are rooting for her. She is the HBIC, NOC. I've heard some rumblings that the other women want her fired, and they don't want her to be a part of the show anymore. And that's just really sad because we need Kelly, so I hope they figure that out. Also, she gets the spot next to Andy at the reunion, so I'm just so excited. I really am excited to see how the reunion's going to shake out. Obviously, we know that watching Gina has just been, like, it's been a struggle watching Gina. I think across the board, everybody's been, like, very it's tough because we know what's to come. We know that there's going to be a domestic violence kind of case towards her. So I think that people are trying to be sensitive to it, but I think that we just need to shower her with love. She's obviously going through a hard time that's about to get harder. And I'm curious to see at the reunion um, what her energy is going to be like, where she's at in life, if she feels lighter. Because right now she just feels so heavy and dark. It's like really tough. (laughs) It's really, really tough. But what also came to light is kind of, we see Ryan finally going to therapy with Tamara to address kind of this darkness and the spunk that he's going through. He has a lot of resentment to his younger siblings because he feels as though they have kind of had a more privileged life. So what was then interesting is to hear Eddie's kind of feedback for it. So I mean, what's interesting is that Eddie doesn't like Ryan. It's very clear. Tamara bought him a house. Eddie was like, why are you using our money to buy your son a house? He's a grown man. And I just think it's very interesting, the Ryan and Eddie dynamic. But then Eddie then says this.
1: When you're struggling with your childhood issues as a man, I don't think you're a man.
0: Okay, so just get over it, move on, grow up, take care of your responsibilities. That's life. And, okay, so what's crazy is that Uh, It's just tough because I wish that he didn't say anything. He's allowed to have that opinion, of course, but it's when it comes to addressing mental health and somebody taking the time to go seek help, it should be nothing but commended. Um... So, yeah, it was just really tough. And it's also really tough because Ryan is a character that we don't root for. So it's – this is why I love Housewives, though. They make you think about things like, now am I really feeling sorry for Ryan when, like, four episodes ago, I was like, get him off my screen. Get him the fuck off my screen. It's, like, it's just interesting how we, like, you know, you feel for them one day and the next episode you absolutely love them. But, yeah, I was like – Eddie was just very, like, stone cold with that. I was like, whoa. Uh, I just feel as though some real good stuff's going to come down the pipeline with OC. It was another Vicky-less episode, so I feel like we're getting a Vicky episode, a non-Vicky episode, a Vicky episode, a non-Vicky episode, which I'm I'm okay with. I like getting her in doses. I don't think this is the cast for her, so I like that she's popping in and out. So, yeah, I mean, that's it with OC. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, they just sustain this momentum, and then next season can even... Be even better than this one now I want to say this is the crown jewel this is the crown jewel of all four cities on it's the Real Housewives of New Jersey only because we're getting like this dual play we're getting like the episodes but then now we're in the thick of Joe Giudice being in Italy them flying there them reuniting with him it's really really kind of like so crazy to watch and it's crazy that we've been following Teresa and I I mean I commend them on You know what I mean? It's been brought to our attention in those earlier seasons, and they've kind of let the Bravo viewers stick with them. Like, they're filming the family reunion. Uh, They did the Joe and Teresa Tell All. Like, I actually commend it, because, like, if you're going to put your life out there, you might as well put it all out there, get a check, and entertain us. So, I mean, good for you, Teresa Judice. You catch those checks. That's all she should be doing. Uh, This brings me into kind of this week's episode where we see Danielle Staub's back. I know a lot of people are like, ugh, I hate Danielle, I hate Danielle, but come on, guys. Danielle Staub is an OG of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. When she left, we were all a little bit sad, and the fact that she's back and we, last, we got to see her get married and divorce all in one season last season. Like, last season was just epic with the amount of Danielle we got. And then seeing her again in this episode made me so excited, and it's really exciting to know that we're going to get more of her, and she's going to snatch Margaret's ponytail. It's like You like here? Like, I'm out of breath. I'm getting so hype about it. Um, But the thing about Margaret, I have to say, is I just don't know if she's authentic, guys. I don't know if she is 100% real with us. She gave us some like really, 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 really good shade. Speaking of the newly engaged, I'm gonna have to see the Duchess of Dicks this week, Danielle. But I just don't know if her shade is rehearsed. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some people that think of jokes and then they, like, deliver them and it's really forced, okay? I'm just curious, and I don't, like, her whole Jersey stick. and, like, come on, Teresa's a good mom. Come on, Danielle's a dark, deep, little song. Like, that whole, like, thickness, I don't know, that wasn't a great Margaret, but that whole thickness of that accent is, like, (sighs) it's just, like, I don't know. I just, Jeff brought this up last week. I wish we could get, like, a candid cam of her because she always feels on. She feels like a Muppet character that's just, like, always on. You know what I mean? I don't know. And I will say this, the Teresa stuff, like, it's, like, heart. I, like, cried. Seeing Nuno like, fight back tears makes me cry every time. Like, when he looks away from the camera. <laughs> it's just so sad. Um, one of the funnier moments, it was actually laugh out loud funny, is when... Melissa breaks a $300 glass. I think that, like, that's what I like about Hosei's when they give us these candid comedy moments. It's really, really, really fun. And then I guess Joe, Joe, Joe Gorga, Gorga Gorga has written a book. I don't really understand what the book is about. I guess the book is about how you can start building your own houses and build an uh, empire, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be reading it. But anyway, they have this book launch party, Uh, everybody's in attendance, and it's nice. It's nice at this party, Dolores then just tells everybody, you know, we're going to have a field day, and then that's when things get interesting, because basically Teresa puts her foot down, and she says, "Uh, Danielle's coming, and Jackie isn't. One boss move. Good for you, Teresa. Good for you. I do feel bad when somebody is left out of an event. I just feel like it's like, come on, we're an ensemble cast. But it was Teresa flexing her muscle a little bit. So, I mean, I'm here for it. And we wanted to do, well, we wanted to, as though I'm a part of the cast. Dolores wanted to do an event that was fun and that was going to make her laugh. So, it's really, really cool to watch them kind of flip over the segment of Danielle and Teresa doing that puzzle was literally laugh out loud. Funny. Jennifer is giving us some grade A content. I'm really, really excited. What I was shocked about, oh my god, I can't believe I haven't even brought this up yet, was the con- the fact that Jennifer handled her daughter being bullied. Like that whole conversation was making me feel so bad for her daughter and putting me on edge because I was like, what would I say in this situation if I was a parent? And like Jennifer just handled it so delicately, so beautifully. It like when I say Jennifer is one of my all-time favorite housewives right now. I mean it. She might she might creep her way into the top ten. I just think that it's nice. She's breathing a whole new life into Jersey, and I'm just so happy we get to see her in her sixteen bathrooms. Jersey is shaping up to be a great, great season, and it's exciting to know that we kind of end with this Margaret blowout. We end with Teresa and Margaret turning on each other. So things, you know, things are chugging along with Jersey. So it's really, really great. Hey, yeah. Say hello to Hey You and get the reality shows you love all in one place. It's reality 100%. Get new episodes the same day they air on TV. Plus, past seasons, too. From the Real Housewives of Atlanta to Love and Hip Hop. Never miss a moment of the shows everyone's talking about. I feel famous. Get Hey You and stream or download more than 7,000 episodes anytime, anywhere, ad-free. Yeah, honey. Head to Heyu.ca or download the app to start your one month free. All right, now to rank our 2019 new housewives. So our first housewife that were ranked is more of an honorable mention. She was not a full-time housewife. She did not have a tagline, but she had confessionals. She was on all the cash trips. And I will say she was entertaining to watch. It was Miss Barbara from the Real Houses of New York. So she had no tagline. I'm sure it would be like, if you broke it, Babs can fix it. Like something stupid about construction. Uh, what was her storyline? Her storyline was bringing up the Luann rumors on camera to Carol a few seasons ago, and then kind of her friendship with Luann, helping Luann through this difficult time of her sobriety and her cabaret show. And let's not forget the most epic moment is that she had the clam bake. She had the epic clam bake where Ramona and Sonia stole the lobsters. So, I mean, come on. If you're throwing parties where Ramona. Is stuffing lobsters into the bag like when the Bravo team saw that? I don't know how they went like, you know, this is grade A content. Barbara deserves an apple just for throwing the clam bake party. If she did nothing else but throw the clam bake party, I would be all for it. Uh, What is her best one-liner? So her best one-liner is, I mean, come on, every girl from the Bronx needs a little like self-tanner. I mean, Barbie from the Bronx wants to look a little Latina. I just love the whole spray tan moment. And I love that she's kind of caught in this era where you want to look as orange as possible. Like, literally looks like Snooki. And she was owning it. And I will never forget the images of the spray tan all over that white furniture. (laughs) Uh, Justice for Babs. Justice for Babs. Uh, She will not be on this next season. And she has said formally that her relationship with Luann is now over, sadly. So, I mean, poor Babs. She lost her friend in Lou and she lost her spot in the Real Houses of New York. But thank you for bringing us what you brought us in 2019, and we're wishing Babs the best of luck. All right, to kick off our countdown, we have one of the newest housewives to join us in 2019, Miss Carrie from the Real Houses of Dallas. Now, I mean, this was a very interesting casting decision. I can't really wrap my brain around it. I don't really understand how she fits in with the rest of the women. I liked the other Carrie, so that might be also a reason why I'm, like, anti-New Carrie. Because I'm like, why did they get rid of the old Carrie? She was fine. You know what I mean? She was at least delivering story, stirring shit up. Like, it was, she was good. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed Old Carrie. Anyway, the New Carrie's tagline is... I'm bilingual, but I don't speak B.S. And I mean, so far her story is that her husband is like really kind of controlling and I get all of that. I just wish we were introduced to that earlier in the season. And they really just like zone, zoned, I meant to say zoom, zoomed in on it, essentially, because she's kind of alluded to it. She's kind of hinted at it. But I just wish we like dive deep into their marriage problems, because I mean, that's like kind of. How a lot of these franchises stay alive is like a divorce storyline. So I wish that Carrie just like we got exposed to it really early on. I mean, in terms of her feud, I mean, I get early she was kind of ready to just come at and go at Leanne, but like it's almost like not a fair fight in the sense that Leanne is so iconic and this Carrie woman. Hasn't done anything for like fans to side with her. So she comes across a little bit more annoying. So in terms of like her best one-liner, it's probably this. Leanne, are you almost as negative about everything in your life? But I mean, yeah, you know what I mean? She's not really bringing much. She can go. I'm over it. If anything, she's kind of been a part of the reason why Dallas has been so shitty this season. So I mean, yeah, at number five, we have Carrie. In the number four spot, we have the recent edition of Bronwyn on The Real Housewives of Orange County. Her tagline is... I managed to wrangle a family of nine and still look like a 10. I will say, this is the best Orange County tagline this season. It's really, really great. Her storyline is having a lot of kids and crying. She cries a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I will say this about Bronwyn. I don't really think she's kind of had her moment yet. I mean, making out with Tamara was nauseating. Yelling at the woman at the fashion show wasn't great. She was kind of stirring some stuff up with Lizzie and got caught in that lie. But then she, like, doesn't defend herself. She just, like, isolates herself and cries. So it's crazy. I mean, her comment about the public school thing. My parents love them. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean fine. And you do public school, right? Yeah, they go to public school. What does that even have to do with this? That was very telling. That was very telling, and I think we got a glimpse in the type of girl that she is. I will say this about Bronwyn, even though she has not brought it this season, I do want to see her for another season. I think that she's one that could kind of adapt to a second season. And I mean, <laughs> her laugh is terrible. <laughs> Look me right now. Oh, okay. That laugh. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Gina was actually really funny. Made me laugh. Gina made me laugh, I know. I can't believe it. On the after show um, where she was making fun of Gina's laugh, of Bronwyn's laugh. Wow, I like keep on messing things up today. What is going on with me? And for, and for nothing, she laughs at her own jokes. <laughs> That's what I don't like. Tell us what you really That's think. probably the big her biggest offense with me. She laughs yeah. at her if own gonna jokes. If you're going to do that, only laugh like that when it's really funny. Yeah, and they never really... Asked for <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Bronwyn's great. We'll see what she brings next season. We'll see what she brings at the reunion. But, I mean, in terms of epic New housewife edition, she is not it. Our next, in the third spot, is Real Housewives of Atlanta. I know what you're thinking, that there are no, no New Housewives, but I'm including last season only because majority of last season aired in 2019. So it's Miss Shamari DeVoe. <laughs> Her tagline was maybe an open book, but that doesn't mean I'm easily read. What was her storyline? Her storyline was having an open marriage. She recently had twins. She feuded with Marlo, which was great, which leads me to her best one-liner. To the 19s, honey. I was a A-list when you was a aliens, girl. That was back then. No, are you no, now? No. Shamari could have benefited from a second season, but I also get why she didn't get a second season with Bringing back Kenya Nene, like all these big A-lister, all-stars, Real Houses of Atlanta moment. I think Shamari could have fell to the wayside a bit. We have two friends of, we have Tanya Sam and we have Marlo. So I think that there really kind of was an organic place for Shamari to fit in. So it's tough. I, 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 I could be into seeing her come back. Like, you know who like Lydia came back and we were like, why is Lydia back? But like maybe if Shamari came back in a couple seasons, depending on what's going on in our life. I could be into it. I could be into seeing Shamari kind of let loose a little bit more. I remember, she was always drunk, and she threw up on Eva's shoe. So, I mean, justice for Shamari. <laughs> That's how I feel. All right, and our number two spot. I know people are going to disagree with me with this, but it's Miss Eva. I mean, her tagline was, I live a model life. Now I'm ready to be a top wife. I mean, not a bad tagline. It it was a reference to her top model career, which is nice. Her storyline was the wedding drama, being broke. Remember when Nene and Tanya and Marlo were talking about her finances after her bridesmaid did that, kind of turned against her and dragged her through the mud. And then her feud with Marlo. I think that her versus Marlo is an underrated feud in the Houses of Atlanta. Uh, Her best one-liner has to be the "Got to be glue." Says says. so, you know, a lot of people are against Eva, especially online right now with the current state, but I think that we just got to give her another chance. I think just right out this season, maybe next season when she's not pregnant, she's going to give it to us. And like, we just, like, she is one of the prettiest housewives we've ever had. Like, that mug is undeniable. She looks great. I love, love Eva Marcel. I might be the only one standing her this hard, but... Justice for Eva, she has definitely been a great, great addition to The Real Housewives of Atlanta. And, of course, the number one new addition to The Real Housewives World in 2019 is Miss Denise Richards. I mean, she kind of got lost in kind of this whole LVP takedown thing. and We didn't get to see as much of her as I would have liked, but she's been a great, great cast addition to The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Her tagline was... My problem with the tabloids, my real life is so much juicier. Not the best tech line, and the only reason why I say that is because her life wasn't that interesting. The tabloids were more interesting. Anything that I've read about Denise Richards in a tabloid it was more interesting than what she brought. What was interesting about what she brought to the Real Houses of Beverly Hills is that she she's not like a glamour puss like the other ones. You know, the other women like really are into hair, makeup, and it would be funny when she would show up in a little bit, like cut off jean shorts and like a tank top, and they would be like in literally head-to-toe Versace. Dorit would be in like Fenty head-to-toe. Fenty, Fendi, wow. I swear I'm, like, acting brand new. I, I can't even say anything right. Uh, her storyline was, I mean, her house caught on fire. She has a lot of sex with her big dick husband. I mean, that husband. Ooh, he's one of the hottest men we've also seen. That, let's talk about that. That is the greatest addition of Housewives 2019, is that fine-ass man. He is so hot. Ooh, her best one-liner, I mean, it kind of went underrated just because we were so excited to see freaking kim but it's when she's making fun of kim richards and the bunny situation and the whole lisa renna feud they need to let it go who cares about some fuzzy bunny i just feel like denise could have brought in so much more had she come in in the right season and i'm just nervous because i know that i have heard next season is she's mia a lot she is doing a lot of scripted paid gigs And she's not in a lot of the photos that have been released and teased. So I'm curious to see what her second season is going to look like, especially because she was so well-liked and so well-received in that first season. So I don't know. It's curious. But, I mean, the definitely number one new Housewife edition is Miss Denise Richards. bless her. Bless Denise Richards. So, I mean, I was like, I I really was so excited. I'm going to do a ranking of all the new Housewives. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so great. And then I like went to the list and it really was like Denise and Bronwyn if you don't include the last season of the Real Houses of Atlanta so I mean it is what it is I think next year we might get some new women in Dallas we get two new women potentially in New York Potomac we get a new addition so next year I'll be able to do a definite ranking and have more women to kind of talk about in terms of what they brought to the Real Housewives world I know it's a shorter episode today, but we will be back with a guest next week. Mr. Kevin O'Keefe, drag historian, housewife historian. Really, really great. He's so fun on Twitter, and I'm just so excited to chat everything, kind of housewives with him next week. And we will dive in on all four. We're so lucky to have four cities on right now. If you haven't done so already, please like, write a review, subscribe. I'm Anil Joshua. You can follow me at A-N-E-A-L Joshua. And you can follow us at This Is Thirst, Thirst is with a Y. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening to me rant by myself. I really appreciate you. And always remember... The thirst is real. Shows you love all in one place. It's reality 100%. Get new episodes the same day they air on TV, plus past seasons too. From Love Island to Keeping Up with the Kardashians, never miss a moment of the shows everyone's talking about. So iconic. Get HeyU and stream or download more than 7,000 episodes anytime, anywhere, ad free. I love that. Head to heyu.ca or download the app to start your one month free.